I'm Dark Matter Dreads as usual, and we are going to jump right back into it, picking up where we left off last week with our discussion with Lee Percy Christian. So here we go. I want to ask you, I don't know how much you can legally speak about this, but I wanted to ask you about your your experience, your more specific experiences being arrested Yeah, uh, as, as much detail as you can. I know I, I still haven't even talked about my one arrest because I still have pending things. Right. And so I'm waiting until that clears up, but yeah. anything that... You well, can like describe. Yeah, I, I most definitely. I cannot even talk about this whole situation that I'm dealing with. I am currently dealing with multiple felony charges, all related to protests, um, and them being ranging from riot, resisting arrest, hindering prosecution, and assault on a police officer. Multiple yeah. counts. Multiple counts, um, ranging from two events. So one event was back in July that involved me and other co-defendants who were at the protest, but they came in and got us and attacked us after the protest. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, there was another second incident, which was October 3rd, which got me arrested where I was stuck in jail for the past week. That was where they put a riot charge on. Now, the right they're claiming wasn't on October 3rd. It was at a previous protest on August 9th. But I went out to protest on October 3rd. It was my first time going since this event on August 9th. And because they heard me and saw me out there, they wrote up a probable cause statement. So basically, it was enough for them to come and say they had probable cause to arrest me on a felony charge. Did I know about this? No, because like I'm calling all week, every week, every day, almost the courthouse. Do I have warrants? You know, mm-hmm. it's like I want to know. Like, can I get back in the movement? Like, can I involve right. myself? Like, can I like continue to go out there and feel safe? And like, because I know if the, I was told the rule in Arizona, if you get to, if you catch another felony while you're on felony release, you can't protest. I mean, you can't. Um, you're not bondable. Mm-hmm. So I knew the right. risk. And I was making sure I don't have a warrant. Don't have a warrant because like, if I get arrested, I'm not bondable. Nothing came up. And I even called my lawyer that night uh, or the night before the protest and asked her, can I go out there? Yeah, go out there. So when they arrested me, I'm thinking I'm just being charged with, you know, obstruction of a thoroughfare. Right. right. Overnight, deal with the bullshit, drop the charges in the morning, go home. Go out, go home. You don't drop the charges. Give me a ticket. Do whatever you want. Right. Misdemeanor. I'm at this point. I'm an activist. You know, throw charges in my face. Mm-hmm. You make whatever you can stick. Yeah, I gotta take it as it comes. So, like, I'm just in the car and I'm like, you're like, what are y'all arresting me for? We don't know. We're just picking you up. But we hear is felony charges. And like, I automatically put two and two together. Like, oh, I, they set me up for the walk. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I. And I talked about, if you check my Instagram, and, like, I had a speech that day. Mm-hmm. I talked about, like, they could put more charges on me right now. Just make them up and take me down. But I didn't think that they would do that in regards to, like, the August 9th, where they had already, like, 
They already got all the people that they wanted to prosecute under my idea. Yeah. And it's been a whole month. Yeah. So I'm thinking you been got two. all the, Yeah. You, from, in my mind, you got all the co-defendants you need. And like, I, I, like, I'm still frustrated, you know, like Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Deion Johnson. Like, I'm not going to not get out here. <laughs> like, yeah. I still haven't found my voice in anything else. And we still ain't getting no justice. Right. And I'm still not getting no justice. So, you know, I don't care about well, who's hosting it, what organization. Like, and like Black Lives Phoenix Metro, Black Lives Matter Phoenix Metro, like they honestly had even reached out to me. You know, and like it was a beautiful thing because it was a um, friction for me when I first got into the movement, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like new kids on the block, yeah, right. You know, like you stepping on toes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like intentional. It was just like me thinking, like I'm just out here roguing it. You know, that's <laughs> that's how they operate in Phoenix. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you guys are out there. That's, you guys that's know, what, like, that's, just, yeah, that same startup we, story for me. Right. Was, I was just going. We're just like, going. We're just, just running going. it, running it, and it's like, all right, we're gonna keep going. It's working. Yep. So yeah. like, why stop now? But like, of course, you have these other organizations who are like, no, they know how the system works and how okay, they they will go down on these protesters, and we gotta like watch out for our name and protect our. You know, they don't mm-hmm. get sued by the state, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. So, you know, we had friction and like Black Lives Matter, Phoenix Metro and I, like I used to get on their post and be like, you guys not going to do anything. We're not going to protest. You know, when I was a part of We Rise and like wanting to like work with them and just like unity. Mm-hmm. I, I just always believe that. I still believe that there's so much power in unity. Yeah, there is. There's so much power when you come together and like I feel like my situation is a prime example. And that's what I wanted. You know, I'm like. Like, come on, Black Lives Matter, Phoenix Metro. Like, come show us how to protest. Like, yeah. Come, please take my hand. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, show me how to do this thing. Like, put some veterans on the play. I'm, I should be riding the bench right now. But, you know, they stayed their distance and they did their own thing and they had their own protest. And I used to love going and supporting them. And um, <laughs> there just came a time where there was just like, okay, you know, we need to come and talk, you know, figure this out. And when we did, it was a beautiful thing. And, like, we came together and, like, they heard me out. You know, I heard them out. And members of their leadership and I, we figured things out. That's good. And, you know, like, that, I couldn't be any happier. You know, because, like, they felt there were times where, you know, like, and you learn, like, these protest terms and, like, you know, like an infiltrator. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, coming in and, like, you taking over like what they're doing and like how they had planned on moving and operating and i'm like oh that's how you guys viewed it you know like that's not my intent but right i'm new to this i don't know Mm -hmm. i'm just out here screaming at police (laughs) like i'm out here just using my energy and not trying to channel it and focus on like okay this isn't mine you know this so it's just like levels of understanding boundaries and respect and like i have so much respect like for all of these organizations because like they you know, explain things to me, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, they still brought me in. They didn't like say like keep him away from us. Like <laughs> this, this guy's crazy. You know what I mean? And when it all came down, like they came together and got me the fuck out of jail. Yeah, like oh, that, yeah. that's just the most beautiful thing ever. You know, like I can't, I can't be more thankful. Like I, I like words can't even express. Poder, Black Lives Matter. Uh, Phoenix Metro, We Rising, you know, like Puentes, you know, anybody. I, yeah. I, I can't even, 
go down the list, you know, of family, friends, like people who signed the petition, made phone calls. Like that took a real effort and people took their time and like came together and made it happen and mm-hmm. like cha- persuaded the public's opinion. That shows that we are moving in like the right direction. Yeah. And I couldn't be yeah. more thankful to be a part of that. Like, like my heart is just so full of gratitude and, um, you know, like I've been laying low not really reaching out and speaking too much just because like I have like it kind of like coming out of jail it's just you transitioning back out you know and like unraveling and just trying to just like relax mm-hmm. yeah you know? which becomes hard to do I've, I've only been overnight I luckily haven't spent a full week in there yet, so I, I can imagine the offset. <laughs> it is a bit of an offset. That it screws up for you. Because even, even just one night in there, I was like, because I didn't sleep, so like mm-hmm. you just get out the next day and you know there's people waiting for you. You go get something to eat. And yeah. like, you, by the time you get home, it's already like the evening anyway. Mm-hmm. So like, you just basically just missed a whole. You just missed a day, it right? Felt, it feels like it's been a week. You missed just one day. Yeah, and you're it just feels like, like eternity. Right, and you're just like, what day is it? What am I doing? Like, yeah, so a week in there, damn. Yeah, it was um you know, it, it most definitely I didn't I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna get out, be able to jump right back in. You know? And um, you know, like we all have our own dealings with like mental health and things to yep. we need to overcome and I just know for a fact that if I came out having to readjust, you know, after just one week, imagine, you know, how, you know, brothers in the system are Right, you know, trying to reintegrate into society after keep thinking year, about chubs, two years, ten like. years. yeah, chubs, yeah. and you know, re like putting like when he gets out, or you know, like being in and out of that system and reintegrating and trying to find your place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like that's someone I have a lot of respect for, and it seems as if like he found his place when this all started happening yeah. to a certain extent. Like he kind of saw a passion like we all did yeah you know what i mean it's unfortunate that um his situation and whatever happened in his past caused for him to like not be able to continue to pursue that passion right you know and um like as much as we try to like say well he we shouldn't have made these decisions and done this that and the third or blah 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 it's like well what else did you want them to do what else do you want us to do yeah. Well, like if there's if there's nothing else being offered, if there's nothing else being presented, if I'm not doing anything but staring at a wall, politicking in jail, not really having any hope for myself, when I get out, what do you want me to do? Right. You know what I mean? Go play with my thumbs. Like people have to make a way. Yeah. And unfortunately, like stepping out of your comfort zone is not just a part of human nature. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like a bird. It's not a part of nature, period. Birds have to get thrown out of their nest. Yeah. Comfort is a part of nature. So like you, you being society and uh, capitalist America having the expectation for members of these systems, these oppressed systems to find just to stumble upon opportunity mm-hmm. on their own or these miniature handouts programs these little assistants 
things that aren't statistically proven to show any real support for our communities. Mm-hmm. What like what do you want us to do? You, we're gonna go back to what we originally know, and that's typically what like in the streets, right? Yeah, people get st- stuck in the cycle of the streets, going in and out of that system. And it's not because they enjoy it. I'm pretty sure a lot of people, and I know for a fact, a lot of people just don't see themselves having any other opportunity. Right. Like, and it's like one thing I talk about, like, if your mom, your dad all do drugs, Mm -hmm. your grandma, your grandfathers, your aunts and your uncles all sell drugs or spend time in the prison system, you don't know any better. Yeah, you, you don't like because of like we talk about our con- you're conditioned to believe that that's all that you're good for. Yeah. yeah, you're conditioned and you're trained and you're told that's all you got. So you better start working towards that. Anything else is lost cause. Right? Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. it's even a lost cause. Right, right, right. But anything else is like you're just like you got lucky. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You know what I mean. And a lot of us, like I said, like even me and even there's members in our African-American community, in the black community, who don't understand that they have a certain privilege. Mm. Yeah. Some black people never have to experience that. And that's yeah. something that I know that, yeah, my, our ancestors can say they succeeded on. There's some of us in this society who don't have to worry about the systemic oppression. Yep. Systemic racism. But for the majority of us, yeah, the handful, the main part of us, there's no like the cycle is is perpetual. Mm-hmm. So there, it, it is so it, it's so political, but it's also socioeconomic. It's also, just really about like what can we do to like help the community? Like, yeah. What can we do for our people? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, we can start by getting these cops that abuse the system away from us yes. and out of it. Yep. Get them out of our communities. Get them out of the communities. They don't deserve to be there. They haven't earned that right. Also, they don't, most cops don't live in the communities they police. Most of them don't. And, and that's what causes a lot of the problems. And, you know, a lot of part of reform is about, like, community policing or putting cops in that, from that, back into, like, their community, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you come out of the academy and they put you right back in Maryville, where you grew up, where you were raised. How do they, how do we know you haven't been infiltrated by them? Yeah. You know what I mean? How do we mm-hmm. know that your perception and your ideal of what your community is isn't the same as the guy who, who you went to school with in Awatuki? Right. And his perception yeah. hasn't weighed down on you in Maryville, and now you looking down on everybody in your community. Mm-hmm. You know, no, it's the policies that you all are trained upon that teach you to be prejudiced that teach you to assume them us as criminals that they just train you know they're trained and and it's written in their law to be aggressive towards us it's written in their Mm -hmm. training books to to treat us a certain type of way whenever they feel threatened Mm -hmm. and that just feeling threatened allows for them to exude certain levels of force right because they keep hearing these stories in the academy and these stories and these statistics that relate and make them enforce these beliefs so how do i know that jimmy from maryville isn't like now someone who actually thinks like yeah 
this community is 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 criminal mm-hmm. you know, like i need to make sure i lay down a hammer of law and enforcement right because all they have is the perspective coming in and if they're coming in on the force that's the that's going to be their main source of exactly of what they need to look out for what they're gonna what they need to how they need to handle things especially when you get that badge of honor like you get this you get this shiny badge that lets you have power who are you going to have more respect for the people these regular people you were out here on the streets with or the people who put you in this position and say hey but take this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i feel it see what you can do with it yep and then you get out here and you're like oh boom oh there's a different level of respect oh hey officer and now it's like make signals like you're getting like okay love from your community for the most part like superheroes but the ones who you are like targeting see you as a threat because of their experiences and now you're you're playing that game along with them mm-hmm. they see you as a threat you see them as a threat Yep. and now and you I have see. members in your community that believe in what you're doing is right so when that conflict goes on you don't give them the benefit of the doubt right you have that reinforcement to help keep you comfortable literally i'm glad i'm, I'm making mm-hmm. it. I'm, I'm trying to like make sure i'm putting it together <laughs> yeah yeah no i get like, what you're saying that's it's literally like that you have yep. the reinforcement of these people in the police force and in the community who have said like no these are criminals this mm-hmm. is this is a bad area mm-hmm. even though like you are patrolling like just the area of a homeless people you know what i mean like yeah. you're in like in jail you're in jail full jail is full of homeless people mm-hmm. jail is full of homeless people it's full of people who have nowhere to go mm-hmm. so because they have nowhere to go they are called they get the cops called for trespassing yeah right is that a real criminal issue if you ask me no no they don't have anywhere to stay it's a housing issue right yes, yes. it's a community it's a community issue, issue right and then mm-hmm. you get back into it and now they either are pushed off of their property right or they may have a warrant mm-hmm. well you got a warrant we need to take in well why do i have a warrant failure to appear or uh-huh. we have other charges that you didn't show up on now we can take you in and hold you on bond for two hundred dollars because you just had a miniature possession charge you had a previous trespassing charge whatever yeah. the case yep. oh no we just want to put you back in the system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm another another example pull up pull up on the homeless man you find a crack pipe why are you smoking crack well i'm homeless mm-hmm. times are hard yeah like i have like my mama was a crackhead my daddy was a crackhead i saw a crack when i was 10 years old. whatever the case yeah but you're now a homeless person who's on crack is that a criminal issue no it's a health issue it's a health issue it's a yeah. community it's issue mental health it's a housing issue, issue. Mm-hmm. i'm telling you i'm in jail with more people with non-criminal issues than they are with criminal issues mm-hmm. and even if like criminal i hate using that word but i'm saying that in the sense of what society labels that as yeah yeah because if you ask me, like, if, if we're talking about drug dealers, like, or, or people who have used and exuded violence or whatever the case, there's still opportunities for rehabilitation. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. There's a reason why they went towards those behaviors to begin with. So they still yep. deserve some type of whatever, whatever. But let's, let's say that we take them out of the equation and we're talking about 
drug users. We're talking about homelessness. And I'm saying that honestly, that's a, that's the majority. We aren't focusing on the real issue at hand. Right. Like now we can get into it. Like that's not focusing on really what, like if we are just housing them and putting them in this system and pulling them out of the streets and putting them into the system, truly, what are they there for? Right. Money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just a cycle of, yeah. of violence, really. I mean, when you have the money in the police forces that could be used otherwise to boost up the communities mm-hmm. to help prevent some of these things rather than focusing on punishment. I've said it before on this show, the, the, the police don't prevent crime. They just punish it. Mm-hmm. Literally. You always call them up after the thing has happened and then they show up and try and do whatever the fuck they do. And it's, and, and yeah, they'll, if, if they catch someone yet, yeah, they just punish them. They just punish. No, there's no like investigating, trying to find why this happened. What can we do to fix it? Well, us as a society, we are fixated on punishment. Yep. And the idea behind that was, I'm sure originally it was, well, I'm sure originally it was mainly racist, but like yeah. it, the, the idea, at least the, that they pitched to people was that, oh, it's a deterrent. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you, if this horrible thing is going to happen to you, when you do this thing, you're not going to do that thing. You're not going to want to do that thing, mm-hmm. but they forget the fact or they ignore the fact that when you put people in these conditions, when you take an entire group of people who were kidnapped and brought to this country mm-hmm. to work as enslaved people mm-hmm. for hundreds of years, given nothing, treated like literal animals, mm-hmm. treated like not even worth anything. Exactly. And then, yeah, they get freed, but then they're still kept separate. They're kept segregated and all the racists and people in power that, that are still in control, they, made, they did everything they could to basically bring back slavery, yeah. which they did through the prison system. Yeah. And then through the whole, during that whole time, while they're keeping them separate, there's sundowns popping up where people are getting, black people are getting run out of town violently, often ending in massacres yeah. where hundreds of us die yeah. and no graves, no, no we don't know the names. History. It's, it's erased. It doesn't yeah. get Spirit. talked about. Mm-hmm. And that happens throughout the entire history of our country. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and they're, every time we build up our wealth, they come in and just, destroy it all and then it puts us in this situation where yeah we're now lumped into poorer communities Mm -hmm. that aren't getting the financial federal aid that all these white communities are getting through the history of the country so white people have this generational wealth they've built up while the black community has constantly been pushed down and pushed down and sent back to the beginning time and time again time and time again and then they've they of course, in today's day and age, we have celebrities, so they can easily point to a rich black person and say, yeah, see, Kanye. racism's dead. Yeah. And it just helps the, the general perspective of things. Yeah. It makes people more comfortable with ignoring what's going what's on. What's really yeah. going on. Yeah. And, and, and that's why they focus on punishment. They think, well, they mm-hmm. sh- shouldn't do it. Yeah. And it's like, well, learn damn history behind how we fucking got here. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, it isn't just, it, people aren't stealing stuff because they just want to steal shit. Yeah. People aren't like, killing people because they just want to kill people it. it's yeah. the, the situations they're in drive them to those there's no there's no nothing there's else for a lot of them to do there's and there's no help from the outside there's zero fucking help but yeah there's charity events and out, outreach uh, programs that that do a lot of work but that, i mean relying on those is not is obviously not working no those are based on like um like community donations and like their nonprofits and stuff like that they don't get right. enough funding for 
the right for the they, real work that needs to be yeah, done. Yeah, and they can only Literally. do so much. Right, Literally. With don- on donations, and it's and it's just you know we don't have the like like you said the funding doesn't even go into our communities for even to give us those ample right. opportunities. Or if it is, it's very minor crumbs. You know what I mean? Right. It's like a, it's like here's a cookie, go shut up. Mm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And most people like we have to accept the fact that there's even greed in our communities. You know, so we have we may have people in our communities who aren't even working on our side but are acting like they are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately. And one thing that I I've been taught, you know, my mentor, uh, Bruce Franks Junior, um, taught me about and talks to me about all the time is just prosperity in our poverty. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And just like how uh people are able to prosper and truly live off of us being constantly, you know, pushed down. You know, and like that's really what the prison system is in Arizona. Yeah. It's true prosperity on the poverty of the minorities. And, you know, one thing that they do to try to, like, keep that, keep us away from really being as powerful as we can is just really including just race in this issue. You know what I'm saying? Because it it is police brutality is so common, so relevant. But, you know, this fight, it's, it's mainly on the minorities of black and the brown community. You know what I'm saying? And we, we as two different communities and two different cultures still haven't found a way to truly come together and work as one another yeah. and, and work in unison. And even though our, our agendas and everything that we stand on should be very similar, you know, it should be like, okay, well, I have your back in this and you should have my back in that. Right. But if we still don't even, we don't necessarily have that just yet. And I, I think that that just comes from society understanding like, okay, you can't, you got to keep culture separate. You know what I mean? Like that's how we make sure that we maintain power. And that's, yeah. that's part of the strategy whenever there were really poor white people in like the beginning of the industrial revolution and stuff, they perpetuated this idea of white supremacy and made people beside black and brown people that were just as poor hate them. They're like, okay, yeah, we're poor and we hate life too, but at least we're not. Wow. Yep. Isn't that, that was crazy? exactly it. Isn't it crazy how it's just still like that? That's so p- parallel today. Yeah. To, you know, how yeah, we are in society. Incredibly. You know, like there's so many broke people screaming Trump 2020. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I was a kid and like I thought Donald Trump was the man because I thought that being that businessman and mm-hmm. that big shot, I thought that yeah. was cool. But over time, you like start realizing and like you're like, oh, this is really just a front. It's really just like an entertainment image. And even on top of that, you start growing and realizing like, oh, capitalism's messed up. Like you're just really yeah. getting off on people, and you know, it's not really about what it's, it doesn't promote what life is really about. You right. know what I mean? Like it yeah, causes, definitely doesn't causes for so much like frustration, commotion, depression, et cetera, et cetera. Money shouldn't run the world. Yeah, you got yeah. people who are broke. Supporting the man who is laughing at them being broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like, who's supporting? And like, you got them supporting, the, supporting, and holding him down, and like just going hard, and like thinking that he's on their side, even though so bizarre. Even though like he's not giving you a tax break, he's giving tax breaks to people who are rich. Mm-hmm. It's so wild to like just observe some of those people because you're yeah. just like, what is what is going on up here that. And yeah. it's, it's that conditioning it's that disconnect it's what it's what kraken just said where it's like at least they're not yeah 
So it's crazy. It's like, you, like how 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 are we this far behind? You know what I mean? Like if we had that problem back then, you would think that the rural white American male would understand that it's an economic. Ultimately, it's an economic issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's masked through racism. Mm-hmm. It's masked through systemic oppression. Yeah, but ultimately. It's about the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, it's a class and war at the end of the day. It's a class war at the end of the day, but we need to focus on the racism and the fact that, like, blacks are still oppressed. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because still to this day that, like, immigra- immigrants from other countries have better opportunities than the black man in America. Yeah. Still to this day, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's, it's... it's, it's Race has been used to divide mm-hmm. as a technique by the rich in order to maintain yeah. control. Because yeah. if we all united against them, mm-hmm. yeah. we'd burn the fucking shit. To race, them. Oh, yeah. race and gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it's the, they're the tools of, of, divi- of division. These you social know? structures that aren't really, they don't really mean, matter. They're, they're really, arbitrary. Yes. Yeah, they mean nothing. Yeah. It's truly just about like, like human life and human rights mm-hmm. and just humanity. Like you're a human, I'm a human. You deserve to be treated the way that I want to be treated, right? And that's with kindness and respect, and this, that, and the third. And as long as it's not affecting me or causing any detriment, I should not have to like judge you or things like mm-hmm. so, things so simple. Mm-hmm. The division, you know, and, and gender roles and race and capitalism are just the means to keep that separation, so that they're. Is that one control at the top? One percent. Yeah. Yeah. Who genuinely don't care about any of this. Uh-uh. They just get to None of it. sit back and out of sight, out of mind. Doesn't affect my pockets. I've made enough money, but I want to keep making more. So I'm going to make sure that we have, you know, lobbyists and people in position mm-hmm. to keep funding this race, yep. you know, this racist agenda, this, you know, female um you know against female agenda you yeah. know what i mean like this you know against the diversity you know and, and you know against the lgbt community against women's rights mm-hmm. you know I, I said female diversity women's rights you know like you yep. literally about to be attacked for Roe versus way like that's yeah. insane yeah. this is 2020 yeah we were talking about they, the they brought Court up nominee. um brown versus board of education too in that hearing and she still skirted around the shit. Mm-hmm. She was, skirted. she was, she didn't say anything about like actually supporting. She said something like, well, I don't think that it's relevant today. So I'm not sure that it would be necessary to have this. Oh, they've said the same stuff about some voter, uh, voter rights stuff mm-hmm. and that, that got rolled back because of it. And then immediately we felt Maybe the that's what I'm it. thinking of. Well, no, I mean, I'm sure she said it on this too, but, but yeah, it's, that's a common argument they say is, what is it? it's uh, basically like, uh, and I can't remember the, the example I'm thinking of. Uh, it was something with some voter rights, not the voter rights act, but some voter rights thing that had been passed. And then one Republicans, I can't even remember when this was their argument to like repeal it. Maybe it, was, repeal it yeah. maybe it was affirmative action, but they they were like, oh, we, we don't need it anymore. Right. Is that is why we're repealing it is what they'll say yeah and then of course like as soon as they repeal it like just make up all these crazy laws and we just go right back to right and it's Uh yeah and as soon as they it's because as soon as they repeal it like 
we'll notice. Like oh, the black yeah. community will oh, notice. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's happening. I will and notice. In fact, we still need Maybe it. Maybe I'll notice in the workplace. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? But they've put it out there. <laughs> opportunity, what? Yeah. So they've put it out there to the base now that oh, it's not needed, and so now society starts to think. They start to get this idea that oh, we're past that. We we're don't need it anymore, and so it becomes uh-huh. another talking point to just go back and forth when we're trying to argue for our rights and shit, and people can just throw that out. Well, it's we're past it. We don't need that anymore, mm-hmm. and they don't look into it any further. So you can't argue with them, and it's, it's so it just sets us back. And that's a strategy they've. It sounds like they're incorporating again here. With yeah, it's going to be Supreme a big court justice, big fight, a big fight trying to get people into power that actually have the people's interests in mind, like really yeah. and truly. And I think yeah, part no. of that is the fact that we're so capitalistic. Yeah, we need to switch to a more socialist government. Yeah, because it's not going to happen. Uh oh, there's that word. Yeah. You just triggered socialism. so many right wingers. Isn't that crazy? So the word socialism just really. Like it's so radical. I know. In America, right. you know what I but mean. But it's common in it's the rest common. of the industrial. It's common world. in the rest of the, the world, and yeah. it's like there's these words that like pop culture, mm-hmm. and you know the ones who truly call the media, the ones who really call the shots of what our pop culture is shaped, how what shapes our pop culture. You know, there's these words like socialist, socialism, mm-hmm. anti-fascism, mm-hmm. and it's like. I'm not. I'm gonna be completely honest, man. I had to look up Antifa and like what it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm not gonna lie. Like he's like, Antifa. Like what is it? Yeah. You know, like say like, I'm not. I'm against Antifa. And like I'm like okay. And I'm looking up anti-fascism. And it's like I'm like yeah. Of course I don't. Right. Like, I don't need fascism. Like what? Why is he against it? Yeah. <laughs> anti anti-fascism. Right. The, the term is anti anti-fascism. So like you're anti-fascist. Why are we anti anti fascist? Like, why are you against them? Yeah, double negative. So you're a fascist, is what you're saying? (laughs) Yes? No? Where are we on this? This Literally, where are we on this? Like, this is where we stand in America in 2019, 18, 2020. Stand back and stand by. Oh, my gosh. And it's because it's like, I mean, either they're, either they don't know, which is honestly, I think stupidity is more terrifying to me than Mm -hmm. racism. But Mm -hmm. so either they don't know, or they do know, and they're straight up telling you to your face, hey, I'm a fascist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even sure which is worse, to be honest. I but don't both either. are fucking just They're appalling. terrifying. It's mm-hmm. appalling. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you would think that, like, we would grow as a nation in terms of just human decency. Like, that's just, the that's the hope. Like, that's, yeah. like, within, we all have to believe that within ourselves. You, yeah, like, you have you to really believe, believe that society that. is going to get gonna better? get better you know yeah, like you, you have darker to, and darker and i think the to that point i do think people in general are getting better yeah. I agree with that. and more compassionate the, I agree ma- the majority that. of the country does stand behind like medicare for all and mm-hmm. yeah. and things mm-hmm. like that but i think the voices in power that are still lagging behind or trying to move backwards yeah they're the it's, louder voices right now and that's yeah. that's genius you know and like I guess my last statement comes from a place of frustration because there, this honestly, I told myself this when I saw Trump get elected. I thought it was a like hoax. I know. You know, I'm like, no way. I thought him joining like the election, and I thought that we're going through like a real meme moment. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is the first political meme, Donald Trump. Right. This right. Is great. Who thought he was going to get to primaries, and who thought he was going to like win electoral college? I didn't. 
I had no expectation of that. Like, honestly, like, it just really twisted. So trashed that night. Yeah, it was, it was a rough, I was it was, that was a rough shocked, night. Man. Yeah. I was, I was truly shocked. Like, it really, I didn't think that it, it would get to that point. And my point in saying all of that was that, like, when I saw him get elected was, I, this has to be the last cry of, like, racism. You know what I mean? Like, we maybe not the last cry, but no way the voice of racism yeah. is gonna be this loud for too much longer. Mm-hmm. We can't. The humanity, like our generation, is not that crooked. Like our generation, I always felt like we have more progressive individuals mm, yes. than we do people who are like, you know, um, like conservative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like we're a progressive and, and society. I think, I think we do. It's the younger generations that are like that, but I, the, it's the youth, and that's and that's part of why it's the way things are because the people that have been in power, Congress is the average term for Congress right now is like 30 or yeah, 40 they years. Sit, they get to sit there and, and control it. And it's like, so it's, it's the same die. old white man in power. Everybody else is moving forward. Seriously, yeah, it's, they, they, yeah, they, yeah. It's the same white man in power and they need to die off. And like, we need to put forth like younger people in those positions. Diverse, yeah. diverse, diverse people, people like get representation, yeah, get accurate representation, of the country. representation. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bruce Bruce Franks Jr., my mentor, he represented his community. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he could potentially run against someone who doesn't represent his community. Right. Who, like just move there and like is now uh-huh. per- perpetuating an image, but they live right there on the outskirts. But their zoning allows for mm-hmm. them to be in this impoverished area, so now that they can run and have that control. Technically, I'm in the district. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. And it's like that's what's making me realize like we have such a long game to play. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, like, it's deep. There's a lot. It's so deep, deep. Out here, man. It's so much that you have to do. Like gerrymandering is a yeah. is a real issue. Yeah, you know what I mean. Massive like, issue. Massive issue. Like people can just rezone areas so that we could potentially make sure that they ensure more votes for their political party. Mm-hmm. What? Yep. Mm-hmm. And it just seeps through the cracks. Like they don't get to call get caught out. You know what I mean? It's, and, it's totally and when, legal. And when they do, yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing happens. Nothing happens. When they do. It's like voter suppression. Like you closing the polls. Yeah. Are you only opening one area within like three sub counties that allow people to go vote? We, we were talking about this on the community. We just did a like news update episode. There was there was more. I only talked about two of them. There's two like right now voter suppression things going on. One was in I think it was Texas. Yeah. Well, they were only allowing one ballot drop-off box per county the order got repealed by a judge but then uh the like u.s fifth court of appeals or whatever like uh filed an appeal on it which basically means they have to uphold the order until the appeals process completes and we're so close to the election it's very likely that it won't it won't happen in time to make it benefit so like all of houston if they don't want to go wait in lines at the polls, they, they have to go to this one to drop it off. They have to go one specific spot. That's millions of people. millions. Yeah, and you know what? They know their real their voters, their constituents already mailed in their ballots. Yeah, like they already have a certain amount of votes that they need, so they know that they want to slow down. Because I know for a fact that conservatives are concerned about what's about to happen in this election. They're very concerned. I would be. I think that this movement catapulted this entire all of the youth i never voted before i didn't believe in that i didn't believe in like i'm i still have like struggles like yeah this is all a setup me too you know what i mean like this is all just a puppet master game 
and like no matter what we're just stuck playing it it sure fucking feels it does man it like i could go off so much on things that like i could go off for like the things i wanted obama to do for the black community right that we're just like waiting for him to like yeah man like come on on, brother like like, hook us up what are you doing the least you could have done was open the federal case for one of the victims of police brutality you could have opened a Supreme Court case for one of the decisions. And that would have made a huge yep. difference. I Having a Supreme like, Court uh, case on that. Literally. Yeah. It would have made a huge difference. And I would have been in that Obama, what up? Mm-hmm. But I can't be like that because like you don't get I don't I can't share that confidence in you. Yep. I'm literally watching these um we're watching brothers, kids, Tamir Rice, et cetera, et cetera. Rest in peace to all of them die. And you're not hearing enough. You know what I mean? It's nothing. You're not really hearing much of anything from a, from our president. Right. You know? And it's like we always have these broken promises. It just always feels like it's an agenda. So they know who they're going to elect. Mm-hmm. They know who's going to put in office and push what agenda, whatever they want to have done. So what's the point of me voting? That's how I, that's how I came into my adulthood at 18. And all of that is 100% valid. Yeah. Yeah. That's it really not, is. That's so, really like I'm sitting here and I'm like, there's no way that our vote really matters in this big scale of things. Well, especially with this, you know, with the electoral college and all this stuff, yeah. you have people setting already, it up. Yeah, literally setting it up to to where like, okay, we know <clears throat> if we touch this, this, and this, then we win. It doesn't matter who, how many votes we get. Mm-hmm. It matters if we win this area so we can, um, you know, yep. claim this state. So they literally cater to a few swing states. Exactly. And then all the rest of us get exactly. left. It's like dark. a game. It's like a board game, like risk or something. You know what I mean? Like you need to get this many over here mm-hmm. and this many. Over. So how do you really care about the voice of the people? It really needs to be popular vote. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, vote. even when you draw these districts and you try to be fair or whatever, you have like these urban areas that are increasingly more blue and then the rural areas that are increasing more more red. It used to be pretty even, yeah. But now it's just like super shifted. So you have like Texas, Arizona, and you got these little red or blue spots. But it doesn't make a fucking difference. Like no. all of us are going to vote blue, but no. chances mm-hmm. are, it's, it's not, not going to be enough. Exactly, it's yeah. not going to be enough. And yeah. like now that I'm older, I understand voting a little better. You know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of the importance of, we got to get in this system we gotta infiltrate the cracks so i don't care if i need to get a county clerk in there as a democrat right now yeah, yeah. You know, get, the, get the ball rolling right something you, know? you gotta start at the something. local we level start somewhere put me in there up. if i got to but we gotta start somewhere and like that's what it's gonna really take these local elections mm-hmm. to like you know like mm-hmm. one thing we talked about when we were building we rising was just we need we want little wins yeah. We want to get that Confederate statue removed. We want to get these uh-huh. racist street names removed. We want these little wins. It's kind of like that. Like you just want to build these little wins, and it's like let's at least turn the state purple. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. Then let's turn it blue, and then let's focus on abolishing the system because like you can't throw out these big scary words like abolish to a whole bunch of conservatives. Mm-mm. Yeah. Even, steps. even if they're Democrat, they're still pretty disconservative. They don't want to tear down the system that they benefit from so hard. You need to vote for people who agree with you literally who and you know? understand yeah right? they police understand brutality is an issue like like all of us in the movement just get into politics Let's everybody go. please <laughs> trust me like that's my that's my thing like i don't necessarily need to say like 
put me in as the position, but I'll fight for somebody. Yeah, you know definitely. I mean? like, I'm willing to fight. The way that the community fought for me to get out, like I'm going to be fighting for us to get people in these positions. Mm-hmm. Like, ain't nobody scare me. You know what I'm I saying? Ain't nobody scare me out of the city, out the state. Like if anything, they're gonna put me in the like. I'm even gonna be on the front lines more where it really matters. And I love protesting. Mm-hmm. I love the energy. I love like making sure like, we get in and out of there safely. And if it gets, if push comes to shove, we know what we gotta do. And mm-hmm. man, like we all grew so much. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We all grew so much. But ultimately, it's like now what's now let's keep going. Yeah. Let's keep it pushing. Let's yeah. get to that next point. And let's push one another and let's support one another. You know, and I'm I have the back I have the community's back. I support the community fully. Like whatever we gotta do. You know, let's get Alistair out of here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's get Julie Julie Gunner Glow. That's what it takes. If we need to let's vote no on this on this weed law. Yeah, you know, unfortunately. Like, yeah. I'm so disappointed about too. that. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep my med card on deck. Yeah. But we don't need recreational marijuana if when, it's gonna if it's not helping the ones who are who have been abused by these laws in in, in the most, which are black and brown communities, mm-hmm. and it if, funds the police. It, yeah. it funds, the, it funds police. the police. If it doesn't put any money back into the hands of the African American community, even if they have dispensaries going into those areas mm-hmm. where they know, yeah, we like to smoke mm-hmm. big blunts. You know what I'm saying? So they want to make sure that they profit off of us, but they don't put anything back into us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't go like that. So if it, if it does get passed, we need to start writing out amendments and, process, and, and and talking to lawyers and politicians so that we can start putting these laws into effect. Because yeah. this is going to shape what Arizona looks like for our future. Absolutely, it is. So, like, and it's also going to like you know pinwheel off of. Everything else going Everything on in the country, in the world. Yeah. Literally. All and as much as, as progressive as we like to paint ourselves out to be, because I feel like this is a progressive state in terms of like technology in different areas, but we have to stay on the heels of racism. Mm-hmm. Like we have to yep. like keep the flashlight focused on systemic oppression. Yep. Keep the pressure on. Keep the pressure on. Because Arizona will forget. Yeah. If that doesn't get addressed, like none of it matters. None of it matters. Yeah. None of it matters. And like it really does, like you said, like it starts in the places like intelligence and like Arizona has terrible education systems. Yes. We're you know? 49th, I think. We're like we're we're better than 49th um in terms of like like um testing. Okay. But um when it comes to how much money we invest into a child mm-hmm. every year, we are we are 50th. Wow. Jesus. So, you know, like one thing I'm learning. I learned through protesting was if I want to state a fact, I'll make sure it's accurate. So like I was looking yep. that up, you know, and I was like, okay, we keep talking about 50th in education. And we are really bad, but we're not 50th right now in terms of like the education ranking. We are the worst though in how much money we invest. We invest less than $10,000 per child every year. Oh my God. Our New York, they, I believe it's like, 25 25,000 a year. And of course the cost of living and things like that and inflation is different yeah, but, but 10, there's plenty of rich even, doesn't even sound like enough to like feed a child for a year. Yeah. It's it's not not what they need to actually it's like make. nothing. It's literally the bottom. We're in the bottom of the bottom in terms of how much money 
we invest into children per child. And it's like, um, it's obvious at this point, like we, as uh, as a political state, our focus is on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it's because people are in positions to where, okay, Scottsdale is such a small area, or, you know, Awatuki is such a small area that may have some amazing school systems, but they don't factor in enough to what the bottom line is. And and those are the like, exceptions. Exactly. Yeah. That that's, we don't have any real education system like that is um, conducive to real learning. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? And because these areas where people are educated and they vote, but, you know, they're not high in population, they still win and they come out on top. Yeah. Yep. It's like we have to rally the community together. We have, to, we have to continue to try to rally the community together and continue to work with, you know, the communities that don't have that understanding, like that level of understanding that, like, education is important. Like, even... So important. Even, like, getting yeah. money into that education system is important. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And that requires voting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, that requires voting and, and putting down the law on these propositions putting your vote in on these propositions, letting your voice be heard. Yeah. These are things I didn't understand. I'm like, man, it's rigged. You know what I mean? Like I'm a consp- I was a conspiracy to the fullest. Like QAnon would have had me. <laughs> yeah. If QAnon was in 2000 and like 11, 2012, right. You know, if all of the stuff that they put out and the yeah, I would have been one of the ones thinking that Wayfair was sending children in cardboard boxes. Mhm. You know what I mean? Like it's just like you I just wanted to say, no, like, you know, I would have been the one like, yeah, Joe Biden, he's a real pedophile. You know, like you just, the news, I was one of the ones that will feed into this, like the real fake news Mm -hmm. that we call the real news. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like we like, we love the, we love to be revolutionary. So we're like looking for like all the radical stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm the one of the ones who played into it for the longest. And then like, okay, it has no substance. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing for me to, like, first appoint at the system and be like, this and this and this is going on, and that's why it's systematic racism. But it's like, there's no proof that, you know, they're setting that the America is setting up, like, school shootings to enforce gun control. Oh, right. no. Is that really a thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one. Yeah, I feel like that's is that an Alex Jones one? Yes, Alex okay. Jones yeah. one. That was me. He's got some crazy motherfuckers. That was He's me nuts. when I was a kid. I'm like, man, you know, there was like the I love the conspiracies too. Oh, mm-hmm. I was into all of them for a while, and I, that's what prevented me from like thinking voting matter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, now at 27, okay, things have changed. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah, you got me. Like, you know, come a long <laughs> way. Uh, I, I guess I was a little more ignorant than I thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know I, I definitely was. Yeah. Facebook reminds me of that. Yeah. Oh, my, I laugh at Facebook yeah, now. I'm just like, I don't even know if I want to look at my memories anymore. <sighs> I like, don't, yeah, I don't want to look at my memories. If we go back more than like six, seven years, it's, it gets you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what it's are you worst. thinking? Yeah. Like, delete. How do I delete this Seriously. forever? I'm the same way. Uh, and it's, you know, like the 9 11 theory, all of that. It's just, you have to be careful about playing into conspiracies. You yep. know what I mean? Like, yep. no, you don't want to believe in the system. Yes, like, you know that there is some twisted stuff that goes on in the system, but, like, you got to be careful, like, what you're playing into. And that's what this movement, like, really showed me. Um, yeah. Like, 
you can't people were using and making things up save the children which of course save the children duh mm-hmm. you want to save all children but like they would bring these monikers up to dilute right oh and, and diverge away from real issues and what's going on and that that always like the one thing that bothered me about that the whole save our children thing what like I didn't look into, I didn't really pay attention to what they were saying about all those conspiracies or whatever, but I was like, first of all, there probably is like a billionaire pedophile ring. Oh yeah. Like, I, of think, course. I think, I think so. Doubt. And that yes, thing. we should stop that. Right. But here's the thing. The billionaires, as we mentioned earlier, are the ones in power that are <laughs> puppeteering all of this. Literally. We are literally fighting that exact fight right now. <laughs> the, the police and police <laughs> brutality is that fight. Police and police brutality. That's the front line. That's the first First step. The first step. This is the first battle. We can't go any further until we get past that hurdle. So yes, save our children. Yes, we need to stop all that. But join us out here first. Help us do this system systemically. (laughs) It's a systemic, uh, systemically oppressive system we're fighting against. So we have to fight it systemically ourselves with our own system. We have to work together and find a way to do it. And the first step is taking on these racist ass literally the police police. literally like that's one thing that i always knew like Mm -hmm. this is the revolution Mm -hmm. like no my 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 fight as a black man and um honor but it's just the like kicking the door yes you know what i'm saying in there yeah it's it's like what's the kicker like we know that the police force is in place to support and enforce this system that we know is designed to hold back minorities. We know yeah. them. They're like pawns in a chess game. They're they're the ones who are easy to knock off first. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. once you get like once we get down the line, however long it takes, and we defeat the police force and defeat of the police state of America and this whole perception of lay down the law enforce the law mm-hmm. be aggressive and that's what it takes like and all of this other stuff then the real fight begins yeah. yep that's when the real fight and breaking an entire system down yeah but the first line of defense are the boys in blue mm-hmm. yep. who abuse their power and use excessive force use systemic racism use their prejudice to like basically oppose and put down my fellow brothers and sisters black people over brown people and over and over and over since the beginning it's crazy through today mm-hmm. literally literally we never get a break never never get a break pawns and like they're the pawns and if you ask me when i've learned how to play chess like you jump you jump at the pawns first mm-hmm. you take them down yep. first you have to. They're the ones who are gonna like now. Once we expose them and get the world to see police for who they truly are, mm-hmm. then they'll start understanding what the system we're attacking truly is about. Mm-hmm. Yep, greed, egos, lack of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like it, and like you said, like there, there. To me, I don't believe in a society where there's anyone that is held back absolutely america lives off an oppressive system yeah yep those that are successful now are only successful because somebody else was not literally literally and people fail to acknowledge that like yo 
you have something to help you get there. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, there are some stories that are beautiful and miraculous, and you know what I mean? Like, water fell from the desert, and you developed a farm, and out of nowhere, boom, you became successful. There's so many, right. like, just, there are these little spurts of success right. stories in the black community, in whatever the case may be, but, it, like, the media uses them to project them to be, like, oh. They try to dilute, they try to, to spam the media with those stories to dilute the proportions, to dilute mm-hmm. the ratios. Mm-hmm. If you realized it was only one in a million as opposed to what it seems like one in 10, oh, man. your yeah. perspective on an issue becomes completely it different. It becomes completely different. And that's one like one place where they have our community, you know, by the coattails is just the fact that we don't have that faith in like, you know, our impoverished communities don't believe that that opportunity is there right you know we think that it's some type of glory road of just like heavenly opportunity that like no you have to be the certain level of intelligence you know what i mean or, or no you have to be even if it is quote unquote obtainable like there's just so much that as a kid in a poverty society in an area where they don't see any growth they said like, that's too much work yeah mm-hmm. no he did it's, all that he must have been smart yeah yep. it shouldn't have to be like that yeah it shouldn't have to be like oh i have to feel like i have to work 10 times harder than my counterpart because yep. eventually you're white i'm black we come up in the same way same financial status eventually you will, will have the time same career same goals in life you will be presented with an opportunity and because you're white, mm-hmm. they're going to give you a golden ticket. Mm-hmm. As a black man, you have to pray that you get that golden ticket. Like the Pursuit of mm-hmm. Happiness movie. Like That's why so many people can relate to it. Because Will Smith like had to try 10 times as harder as any of his white counterparts in that. Like that, yeah. ring, that rings, tr- like that speaks volumes on me as a black man. Yep. It's just, I, no matter where I go, I have to put in 10 times the work. No matter where I drive yep. to, I have to always look over my shoulder. I have to always like pray I don't get pulled over. And if I do, that, man, please let him have a good day. Like, please, yeah. I hope he's having a good day today. Right. That and you have to remember and have everything in your head of like, okay, both hands on the wheel. On the wheel. Just like very, like, put on your white voice. Like, how's it going, officer? Turn it on. Having a good day, yeah. Like, and I'm going to reach for my license. Is that okay? It's in my pocket. All of it. And it's like the harsh reality of like living in this American, living in this society. It's like no matter what, we have to do more just to do what you do. Right. Average. Yeah. And if we don't do that more, we get labeled as lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. We've been labeled lazy ever since we stopped working for free. Literally. And it's like they push this whole like this image no you're selling drugs because you're lazy right you know, you're selling drugs but you don't know you don't have nothing else to turn to i'm pretty sure selling drugs is not easy just no, saying it's pretty I, I can't say from experience i know people and they are hard workers they were hard workers like yeah. the fact that they were able yeah. to pull that shit off so yeah I, I, I know some, i know some people who do a very do very very well for themselves in, in that yeah. realm yeah and so it's like there's not it's most definitely not a lack of work ethic. Right. No, you know it's definitely I mean? not. It's just that's what they were given. That's what they think that's that they're good at. They, that's the only thing they think they're good at. 
to yeah. eliminate. Yeah. Shit. Means to eliminate. Exactly. Black people had, Black Wall Street was built up in 15 years. 15 years they had a Beverly Hills of black people. That's what they called it. White people leveled it to the ground. Yeah. With the help of the police. Yeah. That's crazy. It was we, in California. We, uh tulsa tulsa oh so that was a tulsa, tulsa. riots in tulsa oklahoma yeah. yeah that was black wall street 1921 yeah. no. and i mean shit like build whole fucking communities up we do our thing yeah and yeah we're just labeled as lazy if we don't mm-hmm. bombed back into oblivion if we do mm-hmm. it's hard it's disheartening and it's like yeah, you know they don't talk about those dark sides of america growing up no they I do didn't hear not about, i didn't hear about the tulsa riots until like 10 years three years three four years ago you know yeah, within the last the 10 within the last 10 years i learned about the tulsa yeah, riots. Like, i think it was four or five years ago it's, i learned about it's just it. like they choose they pick and choose what they want mm-hmm. to um you know t- tell us about because they want to maintain that image that we're talking about you know just yeah. that image of like they're lazy they're hoodlums they want they only want the easy way out mm-hmm. that is the most that is the worst thing that like we're being that's the, one of the most annoying connotations that we have as black America right now is that we just want the easy way out. And like, it's, it, I just feel like white yeah. culture, white society finds any way to- They don't just, recognize privilege. Yeah, to, like, they definitely to, don't. Yeah, exactly, what privilege really is. When in reality, I just feel like black people want the same as what they see white people have. And white people give off this image and white America gives off this image of we just do it we just make it happen you know what i mean without expressing how they make it happen good credit Mm -hmm. building llc's you know owning property certain small loan from your father small Mm -hmm. loans from your parents on Mm -hmm. top of that nothing big just a million bucks just a couple five hundred thousand you know like people wealth is like generational wealth is real oh yeah oh yeah it is you know what i mean it doesn't take much couple properties being handed down generation to generation people may able to maintain a steady income yeah so it's just it it, people have those opportunities and our people don't our people also our people also denied those opportunities yeah they're Mm -hmm. just constantly denied them and taken away and you know it's um it's the american way it is the american way and it takes educating ourselves because no one's going to do it for us you know, it's it's a two it's two parts. You know yeah. what I mean? It's two parts. It's it's getting the resources, but also getting us to understand that those resources are there for us to utilize them for instead of, you know, um like and this is why like that liberal argument about what welfare really does for the black community. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why that goes back and forth because what well, does it give them a crutch? Yeah, it's abused. It, it, it's it can't get naturally to, naturally sure right like we just said it's natural we talked we just talked about it a few minutes ago it's natural for us to be comfortable mm-hmm. it's just natural it's human nature for you to remain comfortable and to find whatever it is that doesn't require for you to work as hard and i can't imagine as tired you must be even having to like go through that route of getting welfare i mean it's a lot of shit i would i mean i just try to apply Actually, my wife did most of it because she's amazing. But we just applied for food stamps, and that was already just like a fucking it's pain a in the ass. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. So, yep, it's a frustrating process, and I don't think it's personally. I don't think it's a system that's necessarily abused. I just think that it, 
people like i don't think the government has a good grasp on it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. naturally people are gonna like it, the system's flooded mm-hmm. you don't know who's getting what and things along those lines like there's just no structure in the system and right and, and to me you know like i think that we need welfare i think that we need these programs in our communities yeah i don't think that is something that holds us back i think that is something yeah. that like if anything helps us remain on our feet we're already in an impoverished and impoverished communities and already right. in an impoverished land in and of itself so it, out, giving those resources even if it is an abuse system is what is required to even maintain that mm-hmm. so it's, it's just for me i just feel like they're there's ways for us to try to to be a part of the community, give back to the community, and like maintain. We should be the ones controlling the resources, basically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned welfare, and you know whether people get you know upset that we have to use it or whatever it was. Well, yeah. reparations. Did you see they did? They actually ran an estimate of what the total cost of it would be. So the total cost for reparations, like this is for like all of everything we went through, not just like slavery, but like Mm -hmm. the history of black America would be $51 trillion. That's crazy. 51 trillion divided by was it 41 million. We're not going to get that. But like, if we were that we're all rich, like we're all millionaires. That's, that's the wealth that was stolen from us. That's then You know what? Abuse that welfare system. (laughs) <laughs> all of their money all of my brothers and sisters because damn right fuck know, the system fuck take what you get from get it everything, everything get every get every fucking penny like, don't get me twisted i do whatever you gotta do to get your bottom dollar out of that mm-hmm. it's so twisted like, it's like the system is unjust like i don't like i'm going through these trials right now and i don't necessarily have faith and hope mm-hmm you know what I mean? It's like I don't believe that it's gonna deliver what it's supposed to deliver. It's broken. Right. It's broken in the first place. So it needs to be re- it needs to be tore down and it needs to be rebuilt. Yeah, the rebuilt entire, because because it's actually not broken. It's it's working just it's how right, it was designed. How it's supposed to. It wasn't designed to work for us. No, it wasn't. So it seems broken because it's really fucked up it's the way that really it treats us fucked up. i don't know if i but even it's mentioned, not broken i don't it's, even know yeah. if i mentioned the fact that i had a they wanted to bail me out on a hundred thousand dollars yep 100k like cash bond yes oh my god yeah that's ridiculous as a non-offended never have i've never been convicted of right any yeah no priors nothing nothing i have zero zero history of missing court I have no violent charges, no violent previous history, mm-hmm. and they wanted to put me on a $100,000 bill, $100,000 bond, and I'm in there with inmates who, with manslaughter and murder charges whose bond isn't even $100,000. Yep. I knew someone, like I had a cell with somebody who was in there for manslaughter at a $70,000 bond, hmm. seventy five. And what really like infuriated me, I don't know if you've heard this yet, but while you were in, Derek Chauvin got released on bond. Yeah. So the man George who, Floyd. Mm-hmm. yeah, the man who murdered George Floyd, 
who was who was being held at a million dollars bond makes his bond not only does he get to uh go home they let him leave state with basically a few hundred guards for his protection for his protection that's a joke and i was stuck yeah. in jail and you mm-hmm. and this is while you were in jail and as soon as i saw that story what? that was the first thing i thought of i was like this is some fucking bullshit what that's insane that's insane. yeah i think someone had told me while i was on the phone but like i said you were in there you're not really putting two and two together yeah so i think like my mom might have said george floyd's killer guys is free I'm, i thought he was already free already so i'm not thinking like this happening while i'm in jail i think she's just like yeah he's free you know like she's right. mad because like he's out and i'm in yeah yeah but mm-hmm. it actually happened while i was yeah in. yeah they were holding them he was in jail until yeah yeah i, I didn't know he's been held this whatever time. i think it was when the wednesday after what do you guys think like do you think that the system do you think that as obvious as it is that they'll convict or i don't think they're gonna convict uh, not him. not what they should convict him with anyway his trial's not till march um i i honestly i don't think anything's gonna happen to no. him I don't think anything's gonna happen to him. I don't either. I don't either. I think that they will. Um, what is it when they they can't come down to a, a verdict? Um, the jury gets thrown or whatever it's called. I don't know. The hung term. jury. Hung. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hung jury. That's likely. Because it's like, and I I personally feel like the justice system does this on purpose with the, these officers is they overcharge them. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like with the Breonna Taylor case, like. I don't know what murder like level it was at, but like obviously they didn't intend to go in there and kill a woman. You know what I mean? But they were still trying to like trying for murder. I mean, like shouldn't it just be a manslaughter? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, shouldn't we be looking at like some type of way to get justice? Of course, we know it's murder, right? But like we have to like I don't know. We have to weigh our options so that we can develop wins and get the justice that we deserve. So right. like they put these charges on these officers that they know aren't going to stick or on these cases. Like, you know, like I hope that Rashard Brooks's officers, um, in Georgia and Atlanta, Mm -hmm. you know, they deserve to be convicted. They do indeed. These laws that they, that the way that these laws are written, you know, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, they do exactly what they're doing. So they, they can find so many loopholes. Yeah. Yep, and that's the that's the problem because they can exploit those loopholes when it's beneficial for them, and yeah. they can ignore them when when we're up there on the it's stand. Insane. It's insane, you know. And it's like the black women that we lose in the movement are the it hurts the most. Um, so like Breonna Taylor, like for me, really catapulted me to want to be out here more than anything. And not knowing her case and like not re- and her not really receiving the recognition that she deserved, like right. her 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 situation happened months prior to, you know, the George Floyd. Yeah. And like, as a black man, these experiences and he- hearing about them more and more and more, it really weighs on my emotions. It really like it really causes a lot of like anxiety and stress on my mind. You know, like it really like it it feels traumatic sometimes. Yeah. It and, definitely uh, does. For Brianna Taylor, I had so much love for Sandra Bland. Mm-hmm. Like I like I still get emotional because <sighs> she's somebody who was just so open and unapologetic about who she was on the internet. 
and like talking about mental health and just talking about like keeping a good spirit, keeping a good heart. And I, I don't know if you've ever seen her YouTube channel, but like her YouTube was just, I don't know if it got taken down. I hope it's still up, but I used to watch her YouTube channel videos. Just a great spirit who was truly trying to push through using like just the tool of happiness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like to hear her story and to hear that she died in, in the custody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was traumatic for me personally. Like just, I it, think about Sandra Bland a lot. Like just personally, her, of course, we have so many other stories of women, women that we've lost. But like that one just hit home for me. So when Brianna Taylor circled around this year, like that really like it resonated. It really resonated. It really put something in me to like, I'm not gonna not be out here. I'm not gonna stop. Like we can't like I care so much about black women in America. You know, like I know as a black man that I have a plight, but I can't imagine a black woman's plight mm-hmm. in America. And the lack of appreciation and respect that they to get that they get is, you know, like ten times hard as hard yeah, it is. as a woman and black woman. Yep. You know, and it took me removing my male privilege, you know, and growing up as alpha male and, you know, like misogynistic black man and not really understanding what misogyny was, not mm-hmm. really understanding yep. what, you know, like it meant to like have this male perception about everything right so like losing brianna taylor it just it put like that pit in me to like really want to fight on her behalf Mm -hmm. like like sandra bland was like that frustrating moment but that brianna taylor story was that like okay like sandra they put the candlestick down brianna it's time to light it up Mm-hmm. Yeah. Serious, like that. Truly, like you know, like I'm, a, I'm an emotional person. I love, I love happy. I love hard, and I love yeah. to see people happy. She was a big one for me too, honestly. She's so like, that was mm-hmm. just like the entire situation. Learning about it and kind of ignoring the fact that that sort of thing was happening. Like I heard about it and I kept hearing about it, and then I guess. I was older and paid more attention, and that was that really got me. Me too. That one, that one yeah. got me. Yeah, it, it's like we, even as a black, even being black in America, we knew what was going on, but when they start bringing it to the forefront and talking about it everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, for me personally, my. Um, movement like and understanding of the like there's needing to be something like a new movement change was in high school when you had the Gen six in the south who were like targeted um and like they were um i, I believe it was the Gen six but they their high school i think like kids had put nooses out or just something yeah. really. I think I vaguely remember something about Something that. like just really intense, right before Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. And it was just something really intense going on in the South where there was just a lot of racial tension. And I remember because like we were, we were all black in school. And um, right. it was like around the time where, Tray, where Trayvon, 
we would always have our hoodies up. You know, like you didn't even realize that like you're forming your own way of protesting. Mm-hmm. Like I was protesting mm-hmm. in high school, like when Trayvon yeah. died, like I did not take my hoodie off. Yeah. Now that I'm sitting here and talking about it, you know, it's like, and there were th- those instances back then, and I, I believe it's a Genesis. I can't think of the name of the group of young men um, back when I was in high school in the South, but they had just experienced like some real hard racial, um, you know, just intimidation by their classmates, and then Trayvon, and it just rolled into like just everything. And like for me, the videos were hard, but women. The wind, like hearing about the trauma and like just like it just pisses me off. Like it makes my blood boil now. Mm-hmm. Like just like police officers taking advantage of women. I saw my mom as a kid like get arrested for like not having her driver's license updated. Oh my god! We moved to Ohio and she hadn't got it switched to from Ohio to Indiana or something. And like we're kids and like you just see the officer like pull her out of the vehicle and like. He just put her in handcuffs. He could have gave her a ticket. Yeah. Could've absolutely. Gave her a ticket. Yeah. Like she's not like we're coming from church. Mm-hmm. Made her go to jail and like like bless my mom's soul. But she's one of the old generation types that's just like, well, he was doing his job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just like just trying to have like that like diff like skewed vision like outlook, which mm-hmm. is fine. But like for me, it left something inside of me. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, as a kid, it just was like, nah. Yeah, to witness that as a kid. Yeah, like it, it has is. a lasting effect. Yeah, most definitely. You know, and then we see things like, you know, like Jacob Blake. His kids were in the car. And they shot him seven times in the back. He's and he's insane. paralyzed. Jacob Blake is just. Like, a, um, Jacob Blake was one of those, man. I, after Jacob Blake, I realized I'm going to stop watching the video. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, I was personally. definitely decided to stop sharing them. I oh, mean, yeah, I already wasn't. I, I never but, did. Yeah, um, I'm not a fan of sharing them. Don't know if I shared George Floyd's, but past past Jacob Blake, I was like, okay, definitely nobody should be sharing these videos because they're yeah. just like triggering as fuck. I um, if somebody wants to find them, they'll find they'll them. They'll find them. It's not hard to look them up. Like, right. do your own research, mm-hmm. pull it up. What made me realize that, like, like I'm not gonna share them. Like, because I stopped sharing them, like, on my social media. I'm mm-hmm. not even big on putting, like, that type of stuff on social media. Right. I'm not even big on social media. I'm trying to learn. Yeah. But, like, I was never that type. But I would still send it to friends and people. So when James Garcia passed away, and, like, somebody had sent me raw footage. Like, I had, like, it was being passed around the city. Mm-hmm. So someone got it, protester got it, sends it to me. I send it to Bruce. I sent it to Oops. <laughs> and um, let's just say that that conversation didn't go over too well. Mm. You know, like, and it made me realize you really got to be careful because, like, there's, like, I I thought that I could handle it to a certain extent, you know, and, like, that was, I was stuck. I hadn't got to that point to where I didn't want to watch them anymore. He had already been there. So when I sent it to him, I, didn't, I don't even think I told him what the video was. I just Oof. sent it to him. Oh yeah, I felt so bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I felt so bad because like I could hear it in his voice. Like, why did I have to watch that? Like, once you turn it on, you're not gonna stop watching it. You're not gonna turn right. it off. You want to know what's happening. So it's like for me, it's like I didn't 
after that, I was like, okay, I'm just not going to share it with anybody. I'm going to tell them about it. I'm mm-hmm. going to let you see it. You can go look it up. I'm going to tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what's going on if I feel mm-hmm. inclined. But I'm not going to send the video. Because, yeah. like, at this point for me, it causes so much trauma. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like, I have vivid memories of some of these police shootings. I have vivid memory of Sandra Bland being pulled out of her car in the police, like, the police camera. Mm-hmm. in the dash cam of the police mm-hmm. yeah hit that hits like a, a nightmare there's no videos in my life that i've ever seen that i can remember perfectly yeah but every single video of these incidents that i've seen is burned into my brain burned. i could i can play them back in my head frame for frame <laughs> who are you telling As some of them are just like literally burned like you said timir rice you know i, I grew up in the cleveland area yeah. and um there were two instances around that time in Cleveland. There was Tamir Rice, but there was also another one. And I and rest in peace. I can't think of the name off the top of my head. But it was in southern it was it was in like southern Ohio, it was outside of Cleveland. And the kid had um picked up a toy weapon in the Walmart and was like walking around with it in the gaming section, like the um hunting section. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Are you talking about John Crawford the third? Yeah, John, John Crawford, man. That video, man. Because you can imagine Walmart and you know, like the hunting, like the hunting section mm-hmm. and the batteries, right? They're like always right next to each other, mm-hmm. and like you can like go down that aisle and like there's that corner where the batteries and uh, and the hunting and the outdoor gear. Yeah, the and kids' he, section is not that far from the hunting, and it's not that far. <laughs> right, and he's literally just walking around on his phone. Mm-hmm just holding the gun not and intimidating anybody with it not you know threatening anyone with it just holding the gun swat circles in on him and guns him down oh this might be different than john crawford then it might be john crawford i think was a single officer it might well it might have been a it was, it was still time. walmart was it walmart then excuse it was, me it, it might not have, walmart, i yeah. thought i saw in a video swat i may be wrong i may be wrong but it was, it was a walmart shooting in florida and it was like tamir rice that happening you know what i mean like pop 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 it's just mm-hmm. on top of one another and like you keep talking about it you keep watching it you know like after a while like it just burns in your memory. Yeah. Like, and you start having like like these fears, this trauma, this PTSD. Like mm-hmm. I don't like seeing cops in Walmart now. I don't like seeing cops, period. Yeah. I don't like seeing a cop anywhere. But like you just like now I feel extra funny. Like when I go into Walmart and I gotta walk past this police officer mm-hmm. and it's yep. like let me look over my shoulder, like, you know. And I feel for all of my brothers out here minority black brothers who have to like go through that man like because it weighs on our mental it yeah it weighs on our mental man it, like even like like people i talk to and i've told like you know i was in jail and like because i'm a protester because it's political yeah you know nigga that's why i can't be out there yeah because i'm not going to jail because i'm protesting i'm a I'm not going to go home. I'm not going to jail. He ain't going home. Because, like, that's how frustrated 
we are just as a people just as as a as a collective yeah of ones who have a one experience that two seen it and three lived through it every single day a lot of us are just like nah I, you know and i don't even want to put myself in them in these situations because they could get there mm-hmm. and i care more about my life i care more about my freedom but we still have to deal with these un, like these things that just haunt us like these ideas of like yo this could be it like we get pulled over like you tough act right i don't want to lose my life act right mm-hmm. instead of fighting the system we are so fed up seeing it hearing about it like we don't believe any we believe a lot of us we don't, we don't believe in it we still we just focus on what we what for us mm-hmm. right like it's like now like we want that capitalistic mentality for ourselves no we gotta look out for ourselves we don't care about anything else in terms of seeing our people and pushing the agenda and no we just want to make sure we're straight mm-hmm. me and mine we want to make sure we're good mm-hmm. they can have it you want to and that's what it that's what causes for just a lack of real youth leadership in our culture yeah just the murdering of like just the hope because like we keep like these these things are so they're just etched in our memory to the point to where like it's hard for you to believe in the future like i'm like i'm going through this right now and it's like do i want to keep on doing this because i'm just putting my pressure on myself as a black man as it is i'm black i already got it bad mm-hmm. and yeah. i'm just putting a target on my back more and more and more the more i speak up and speak out yeah so is it worth it am i doing like this is what's this is like what's been dealing with me this is why i've been quiet these past few days and getting out of jail because it's like you have people in your ear like is this what you want Mm -hmm. are you sure you're ready to go down this path you could not only end back up in jail but you could end back up in jail doesn't matter how hard we go in the movement we won't be able to get you out right it doesn't matter like you could you could end up in a position where they could pin anything on you you know like you're hearing these type of things like in history has proven itself yeah if you keep going down this path arizona is gonna make an example out of you p that's heavy yeah i don't want that i don't want that that's why we need unity the more of us the more of us that are out there the more of us that contribute exactly we can spread the target out between all of us share that load share that burden exactly and we push forward from there and i don't but you know what if if that's the burden that i gotta bear i bear it because like i i know that my shoulders are heavy and that's one thing i told my one of my friends who is more of a of a street smart than a conscious smart and that's fine yeah like I love, I love, I love him. I love him for who he is, but he's more on the, just a smart the side of like, just play on your own intelligence. Don't put that towards people that you don't know. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Like this, the selfishness that we talked about. That's what capitalism and imperialism puts us as in yes. our mentality. 
Yeah. But I'm still going to love you because I love you, you know, and I, I only hope that I show you a better way or show you who I am and that. But, but ultimately, people in that realm are like, well, what, what are you doing it for? I know what I'm doing it for, though. You know what I'm saying? I know that I'm doing it for the greater good. I know I'm doing it for the ones who don't have the capacity or the to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. To, I, like, I'm doing it for the ones who don't even know that it's needed. Yeah, for the voices that have been silenced. As cliche as all of that sounds. That's what it is. It really is. Yeah. Like, like, I don't care at this point. I don't care if I don't get to level of like, per, like an image of success. And like, I used to want that. Mm-hmm. I, love, I get, I get I that. Love yeah. the nice things. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't. I, that that is like, if I get there, cool. And it's just gonna be the right way. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. But no, this is who I am. And if that means okay. Well, you gotta be a sacrifice. Sit me down for another seven days. Sit me down for another three months, but just make sure that it's not in my vein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that's what it takes, I'm that's, with you. I'm, with I'm down. I'm with you. I sit in a jail. Sucks. It does suck. It sucks. But trust me, I was good in there. Yeah. You know, like you, I, you learn to adjust. You, like that, you have to. You, yeah, you there's no other I, choice. I come from a place of adaption. Like mm-hmm. we as a, my as black men, you if you are someone that moves the way that i have in the past mm-hmm. you have to adapt you yeah. know I'm, I'm an opportunist is what i mean yeah you catch I, on to the to the games the trends and yeah, shit. yeah you just yeah. move with the opportunity mm-hmm. move as, so you know okay turn it's time to turn it back on mm-hmm. get in there i'm good i can sit down now it, it'll change you yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong it, it'll change you most definitely I'm still making, I'm still removing my jail mentality and how I knew I would have to conduct myself in jail versus out here in public. Yeah. Right. You know, like, not going to lie. My last day in jail, I'm yelling at my entire pie because somebody stole my soda. Yep. $1.50 soda. But when that's all you got in there. And when it's not even that, the soda ain't even all you got. Your respect. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you got. And like you want to be in there, you want to be like, like the the hippie activist that you are on the outside. Because man, take the soda. Let me go get you another one. Right. But when you're on the inside, it's like, nah, man. Like you have to fight for respect, and that's what you thrive off of. That's your protection. That's your safety. So it causes for you, like when you get out, like you have to readjust. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not. I was only in there for seven days. Or a little longer, whatever. But imagine the ones who are in there, like, in and out 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, I was in jail for, like, a month and a half. And it was a, it was a, I mean, comparatively, I imagine Phoenix is pretty shit. Um, It was okay. Where are you at? I was in Brazos County. So it was in Texas. Okay. And it was just, like, um, a bunch of tanks with just, like, eight girls max. But we weren't allowed to like roam anywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're stuck in a tank yeah, for a month? Yeah. Mm. And then there was like a table and a TV and shit. So it was okay. But after I got out, it was it was weird because when you're in there, and I think girls are probably, well, I guess women, whatever, 
they probably operated a little bit differently, but it was still like that sense of respect thing. Like there was a lot of shit talking, but not directly. Right. So it was weird. Like I, I feel like I was back in high school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it is drama. Like, yeah. It is yeah. drama, and like thankfully they told me when I got in there, like there are no politics, and that the pandemic, COVID, it kind of removed politics. You know, jail politics meaning like don't talk to you know don't sit and eat with white people you know what i mean or don't sit and eat with mexicans and mm. you know play these roles and me being an activist that's something i was nervous about yeah you know mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't play politics you know what i'm saying but if i had to i just had to i had to focus on my own safety so covid kind of switched it for them yeah it did and so like you know in the cell they were all pretty cool talking about you know how there weren't any politics they didn't want politics you know like hopefully bridging the gap now in prisons and state prisons are being forced to kind of become illegal. They'll give you more prison time if you get caught trying to regulate by race. Mm. Mm. So you know, like that's a small good thing, I guess. Yeah. You know, you don't want politics. It, it, it causes for more. Yeah, a little progress. A little bit. Take a little bit. Get, yeah. Take what you can get, but it causes for more stress in those type of environments. And like, it's easy to get stressed in there. You know what I mean? Like. I'm going off of over a dollar soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's just like you start getting under the impression like, I gotta fight for my respect because I need these people on my side to back me up, so I don't have to fear for my life and things like that. And, right. But ultimately, you still like in my mind, I still have work to do. So like I'm in there talking, listening, like listening truly listening like what your charges are why you're in here let me hear your story tell me and let, let me know what's up so i can just know like what 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 you go through yeah i want to understand that mm-hmm. and that's what i was talking about earlier it's just me dealing with like homelessness and, and drug abuse and and maybe maybe like some domestic violence and mm-hmm. things that require true social mm-hmm. like true social issues you know what i mean like we're kind of go like counseling yeah yeah you know like help you know not stuck in a cell and like for me i just took the time to listen and develop understanding and tell and tell people about what was really going on within the movement because that's one thing i felt like people really needed to understand you know that you know i i feel like the, even black lives matter is such a radical word in arizona and it's, it was crazy like people think you know non-minorities is what i'm referring to just think that black lives matter is just like out to get every white person <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and it's like paranoid i'm in prison and i mean i'm in jail and my first cellmate was like Aryan brotherhood Fun. I thought they did it on purpose. I'm like, okay, they trying to set me up, <laughs> put me in here, put me in the cell with the brotherhood, wake up and you know, be over my neck with the, uh, you know, pick yeah. made out of this toothbrush, and you know, I'm nervous. But over time, it was just me talking to him, and you know, I just let him know because one, there's no politics. So after that, kind of had a sense of relief. But just like talking to them and letting them know, like, you know, 
Like, this is a system that needs to just be tore down regardless. And yeah, I'm black. I get it the worst. But you're a criminal. And they have you perpetuated in this system so that they can continue to profit on it. Yep. Well, it makes sense. You know, I've been in here for, you know, 20, I've been in and out the system 27 years. Mm. You know what I mean? You, you talk to these people in jail that do these, they call them tours. Tours. Like they're in the military or like something. Like five years in. I got off, I did I did about eight months out, then I went back in and did three. And now I'm out here, they looking at me doing 10. I can't wait to go to the prison yard. They start seeing it as like, this is just a part of my life. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I want to end up in prison because. Recidivism, like, like just get institutionalized. Mm-hmm. Literally, institutionalized. Yeah. Institutionalized, like comfortable. Yeah, it's what they know. Mm-hmm. That's all they know. It becomes what they know and they, they can't function on the outside as not in the same way. that They're not given the resources to be yeah. able to. They're not, they're not presented with that opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to, to say, hey, I have these tools. I know that now I have something to go build with, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're not just going to give somebody a whole bunch of wood and tell them to go build the house. Where's his instructions? Where's his tool set? So you're telling a convict to get out and go figure it out. No, he's going to start going back to what he knows. Yeah. Yeah, naturally. Naturally. There's no instructions. All the instructions are don't committed crime and no it doesn't work like that like where is the guidance i don't i don't know how much of that we have here in arizona and that's something that i want to do more research on for sure yeah maybe we'll, we'll look into that maybe for arizona specifically we'll talk yeah. about it on the, on the show i'd love to have you back on this has been a fascinating conversation I mean, this is we, awesome. we never go like this long this is like i'm like looking over at the clock i'm like holy shit we just been going this is good shit. I this this episode is amazing. Uh, I can't wait to post it. <laughs> I can't either. So uh, chop it up. I, yeah, know, like I, honestly, I'd keep going. Really? But like, yeah, I, but for sure, like I, I'd love to have you back. I on would love and to be back. Get some, get I, some I, input. I, I would love to be back. You know, um, like I said, I, I I don't know where my place is in this movement. You know, but I know that I have so much to contribute. Absolutely, you always got a voice here. Yeah, and I appreciate. This has been an amazing discussion. Like it has. I'm, I was nervous coming in, even in like our conversation, and we're explaining things. I'm like, make sure you're remembering what we're staying on point and being specific about what we're talking about. And so mm-hmm. this is my first time, so if it's not perfect, just know next time I'm here, I'll be way better. Oh, don't That's worry great. about it. This was this was all good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for having. And me. yeah, it was it was a pleasure. This was uh, this has been. Lee Percy Christian. Follow us all on social medias. Yeah, we got PHX Frontlines. Percy for President. Percy Christian. Um, so Percy for President on Instagram. Percy Christian. Give me a follow. Follow all of the great organizations in the Valley mm-hmm. too. Um, that are I'm not going to name them by name and, and you know, but just follow and support the movement. You know, follow and support the movement and, and yeah, the ones and that you know are out here putting in the the footwork because. We all need to remain together and just unify. Absolutely. And, you know, and support can be in any, many Any different codes. You can donate, join us in the streets, sign petitions, make phone calls, send emails. Just stay, just stay on top of what's going on. And, and, you know, if you got to set aside 
30 minutes a week to write some emails do that start there Please, do dude. something thank you to and the community thank you to the community to the black lives matter community out here in phoenix for just standing by my side and coming together and um allowing me to be home for the holidays because i wouldn't be home for the holidays good to have you back yeah. <laughs> thank you guys i appreciate yeah, it yeah, absolutely absolutely all right well we'll wrap things up here this has been another episode of phoenix frontlines podcast Got a couple episodes coming up on the history of slavery. It's going to be a dark and brutal one. So mm. buckle in for that. Percy, again, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Again, I'm Dark Matter Dreads. I'm Kraken. Percy. And remember, fuck, fuck 12. 12. <laughs> we